Hey guys, it's Jade. I am here once again in Nashville and Cassie is here once again in Los Angeles. Yes, I am. How are we doing this? Technology. Yeah, technology's, you know, killing it. You never have to leave your home ever again. You can get stuff shipped to you. You can do podcasts with people and not have to look at them. It's it's just making us more antisocial. It's great. I'm really glad you don't have to look at me. Yeah, that's my whole (laughs) goal is to be alone but still be able to socialize with people. Yeah, it's pretty good. The only time I ever want to see people. The only time I ever want to see people is when they are at my house delivering me items. That's the only time I want to see people. (laughs) Like, what is your favorite place to order Postmates in Los Angeles? Oh gosh. Um hard question. Yeah, I know that's a really really, you know, tough a really really tough question. Um I mean, I I feel like everywhere I used to really like ordering from they like stopped being able to be delivered by Postmates, which makes me really depressed. So, I think I'll just stick with like I like that I can order stuff from Air One, the like grocery store. From what? Oh, Air- it's like E R E W H O N. Yeah, it's like a But what is that? It's kind of like an indie Whole Foods. Um, they have a really good hot Like, bar. I knew what you meant when you said it, but I, like, I know the word, I guess, for just living in LA, but, like, I don't know what it is. Yeah, well, th- I don't like the one in Mid-City by the Grove, but, like, the ones on the west side are really awesome. So, I like ordering from My there. favorite place to order from in Los Angeles, where there's two, is Cantor's. Okay, I haven't tried that. Can't, oh my gosh, girl. I can get all the matzo ball soup I want, then big old turkey sandwiches, but also, as you know, top oh, round roast beef. I was getting ready to say it. I, the, the, when you start, <laughs> mentioned sandwich, I thought about the juicy roast beef being they delivered to me. They have this place in LA called Top Round Roast Beef, and it looks like something out of the 1950s, and it's just like... You walk up and you like order at a window or you can go inside and then you eat outside of the picnic table. But like, this is like, if you took like an Arby's, but like Arby's like at like Gucci level. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's exactly what it's like. Gucci level Arby's where it it's is like at. The best like Arby's type sandwich ever, you know. Beef interlude. And so like. When we started doing podcasts, we were really into top round roast beef. And so when we wanted to break, we'd say, we're taking a beef interlude. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's where that came from. So we are here in Nashville and I have Courtney Allen here from BMG. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Courtney, where's your favorite place to order on Postmates in Nashville? Ooh, um, whatever does the free delivery for the <laughs> And then you look and you're like... Oh, wait, they charged me some kind of weird $7 Yeah, fee. right. It really wasn't a deal. I paid for Postmates Unlimited, which I like because I, I use Postmates a lot. I've gotten lately, like, you know when you break up with a guy or, like, you would have a fight with a friend and you start deleting your Instagram because you don't want to look at it? Well, I don't really date that much. But, but I'm just I saying, like, <laughs> there was a time where I'll be like, well, I'm just not going to even have Instagram because I want to look at this person's profile. I like to leave my Postmates all the time, so I'll stop freaking ordering. (laughs) (laughs) But I can just re-download it, so. Um, My favorite place here is probably Proper Bagel. It's good. Have you had an Urban Cookhouse? I went there once and ate. I wasn't that thrilled, though. You should give it another chance. Okay. 
It's I was just there, like, with a friend. I, okay. I feel like the main thing I didn't like was that I was super hungry and the portions seemed very small. I'm not going to lie. I had a mini meltdown, like, two weeks ago, and I really wanted, like, a brownie, mm-hmm. but you can only order 12 of them at a time. <laughs> and I was like, add to cart. <laughs> like, it's happening. <laughs> oh, today? See, this is what I do. Granted, I did... I do like doing things for my stuff. However, I was like, I kind of want something sweet. Hey, guys. Would you guys want me to order you a treat? Obviously. <laughs> and they decided on cookies. I'm like, April, we're going to treat everyone to cookies. And also me. <laughs> treat yourself. <laughs> so we ordered Tiff Streets. <laughs> <laughs> so Courtney's here. She's from BMG. I don't know if everybody knows what BMG is. So just... To let you know, because I feel like this is always a good part of the podcast, I want you to understand our audience. Our audience is um, a lot of younger people that are excited to learn about and maybe one day work in the music industry. Gotcha. Okay. So when we talk about things like BMG or just now it was like riser skirts, I'm like, well, tell them what that means. Or a pelican. <laughs> tell them what that means because they don't always know. So this is like really... It's a fun podcast. We tell a lot of great stories, but we also talk about serious things and want to educate as well. So tell people who wouldn't know what BMG is. So BMG is a publishing company. Well, it's just, it's a worldwide global company. They also have a label. They do books now. Um, But I work on the publishing side. So basically music publishing means we sign songwriters, Mm -hmm. we sign artists, we kind of keep their calendar, so we set up what's called co-writes. Um, a lot of people probably that are listening maybe could be songwriters themselves, and they're used to just writing on their own. Right. Um, and a big part of the music community here is what we call co-writing. So it's up to me to kind of decide the people that they would be a good match with. So it's almost like blind dating for songwriters. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Have you heard that before, April? Yeah. And April, I feel like you well. need a mic moving forward. You're like... When you listen to, like, a radio morning show and there's, like, the extra guy. That's her right now. She's doing the head nod. She gets it. She gets I'm trying, it. I'm trying not to do the background noise. Oh, okay. But it's fine. It's fine. You can talk. Speed dating for blind dating for songwriters. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I like that. Yeah, it's cool. So I kind of set them up on co-writes and... They turn the songs in and we pitch them. So basically I'll meet with A&R people at labels or artists or producers and pitch the songs essentially to try to get those artists to record them. Mm -hmm. Or if it's an artist that I'm working with and I'm setting up rights for, it's for their own projects usually. Mm -hmm. Um, But there are artists that get outside cuts is um, what we call it where they are not only writing for their own projects but they're also writing for For other other people people. yeah so yeah so I do that um there's a bit of artist development involved as Mm -hmm. well it's just kind of a uh I guess you look at it as managing songwriters and you manage the songwriting career of artists that's awesome yeah cool so um let's talk about first some of the people that you are currently working with Okay, so I work with a girl named Carly Pierce, who's on Big Machine Records, mm-hmm. who just had her first number one last year, which is really exciting. And also, now, do you get like a cool plaque well, for that? Well, unfortunately, it was already a thing. Oh, it was already a thing before I started working. Okay, her. okay. Um, but maybe on her next, next one, one. If she's listening. <laughs> I would not turn down a plaque. That would be amazing. I love the plaques. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, give me a plaque. Yeah, I need all. I the like things. put them on the wall. Yeah, I like yeah. all the things, honestly. Yeah. 
But yeah, so I work with Carly and then um, I work with the Runaway June girls who are on. We do too. Yeah. Yeah. You know the girls. I'm so hot. I'm taking this jacket off. It has to happen. Yeah. It's so hot. That's okay. Okay. Yeah. So Thanks, April. April's helping me take yeah. my jacket off. See, she's so helpful. April's like my mom. She's so helpful. Um, yeah, I work with the Runaway June girls who are amazing. Um, they have a top 10 single right now. Yes, the they bullet. do. So super excited about that. Um, I work with Cassie Pope, who I just signed. And who we just love. You love. I know you love Cassie. I love Cassie. I love She's a rock star. She's amazing. She's amazing. So, yeah. So, actually, that's kind of how we met. So, oh, you yeah, work with Cassidy. I um, work with AJ McLean. And we were at Top Golf in Las Vegas during ACM. Yes. And I was there for the injectable donut holes. Unbelievable. Did you right? have those? Yes, I've had yes. them here too. What they the catering at this event was like bonkers. There was so much good stuff. And so they brought this like basket of donut holes. Yeah. But they came with syringes. Yes. <laughs> and like everyone had like there was one with chocolate sauce, one with like Bavarian, Bavarian, Bavarian yeah. cream, raspberry. <laughs> and you just injected it. And like honestly, like nobody cared, but I was like down. Injectable donut holes. Injectable donut holes. Like, it was amazing. I was sitting there watching Tracy Lawrence play golf, eating, injecting some donuts. I mean, you can't put a price on those kind of memories. And so, but you somehow started talking to AJ before I did. And AJ does this thing where, like, he doesn't remember names, but he calls people, like, his girl or his boy. Like, everybody. (laughs) And, like, I have to interpret that. So, it's like, yo, yo, like, this, you know, it was, what did he say? Something like, you know, that, you know, that girl I was talking to. And I'm like, but it's not that girl. My girl. That's what he says. My girl or my boy. You know, my girl. You know, she, and I'm like, what girl? Like, what, like, well, my girl, my girl, she, she, she's Cassidy's girl. And she gonna be my girl. She will give me some songs. And I'm like, what is her name? Well, you know, my girl. <laughs> well, I met him the night before because when he did that show. Okay. Um, oh, because Cassidy played album, our show. Like yeah. Yeah. Show, Cassidy was yeah. on that. And I was like, Ugh. I was like, so you were there? I was there. I don't remember you being there. I was, there. I was running around. That was a. I was actually wearing the same jacket. <laughs> I bought it for that show. Um, it was funny because I had on a leopard dress. That's that so funny because I had on leopard. And then the next day, I oh, that's He's funny. Like, he came up to me and goes, "Do you just wear leopard every day?" <laughs> like, no, nah, just the past two days. <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, so you were there, and then we kind of met at the golf thing. Mm-hmm. And I guess then I saw you later that night and whatnot. And when did I see you again? I well, you saw you. Me I called you because AJ songs. wanted some song that you wouldn't give me. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh, call that out. <laughs> yeah. She well she okay. So this is how publishing works. They'd be trying to pitch all these songs. Like she was saying, <laughs> I want some. I want. I want a Backstreet Boy to come my song. So she's like, here, listen to this. Let me know if you want it. Oh, it's not available. Like it's like being a. Like some cute boy in a club talking to you, oh, and he man. ain't available. It's like that, you know. Listen, listen. So, listen, <laughs> um, <laughs> so the tough thing about that, and going back to co-writers, is you also have other publishers that are yeah. on the same song. Yeah. So. No, it's so, pretty normal, guys. It's, yeah. it's not a big deal. Yeah. So we're supposed to like let people know when they say songs are on hold, hold. which means yeah. another artist has heard it, they want to hold it for their project. Unfortunately, not everybody always lets the other publishers and writers know. Right. Or most of the time, they don't. Most of the time, they don't. So then we go and pitch them, and we're like, hey, this is great. Someone wants to hold it. Yeah. And they're like, cool, seven other people already have a hold, <laughs> and a backup hold, and a triple backup hold. And then you're like, cool, now I look like 
a freaking idiot to a Backstreet Boy. This is my worst nightmare. You know, AJ's been told by me many times he can't have things he wants, so it was just another day. Yeah. <laughs> just breaking in the friendship. Just, you know, doing that yeah. thing. So, but you still his girl. I know that. Because he told me, he was like, can... Can my girl come out and we we going back to Nashville? Cause he's coming here next month, and I was like, "Yeah, we'll talk to your girl." I think he's gonna try to sleep talk you into that song. Is what he's gonna do. I mean, I know it's not your call, but that doesn't mean he'll try. Tom will, Tom will talk about it uh, at the show. He can yes, guest yes. List and we can Did he put you on the guest that. list? Do I need to put you on the we guest list? About that. You need to tell me because I'm sending it in tomorrow. Oh, I mean, you want to yeah, go see the Backstreet Boys? You got to tell me, girl. Sorry, I know this. This is not what this is about. No, this is fine. Every. This is my life right now. I live in Nashville. Everyone knows I work for the Backstreet Boys. The Backstreet Boys are coming here in two weeks. Everyone wants a Backstreet Boys but ticket. There are not. But AJ wants something from you, so you can have one now. I just like it. You can have one. Yeah, you know how it is. It's not in Nashville. So tough. Same with like Nashville's really tough. Yeah, because everybody's teams usually are there. Yeah. Well, and also AJ's working on a country music career, and we're in Music City, and so that becomes hard and everything. But like, I got you, girl. Yeah, like in the LA shows were insane. They have they have to have like separate holding rooms for like everyone's friends backstage so they can come wow. say hi to them because there's just not enough room to have everyone backstage. Cassie, what was your favorite celebrity you saw at this LA show? I mean, I really liked when Kathy Griffin told me that she was gonna throw the pins at Howie on stage. That was a, a <laughs> highlight for me. <laughs> that sounds pretty Kathy Griffin. Yeah, she's okay. like, I'm going to be throwing my depends at you tonight. And he was like, yeah. <laughs> okay, actually, I just got the joke, and it's actually really funny. How does he <laughs> respond to that? How would Howie respond to that? He would have been like, yeah. yeah <laughs> he loved it. He was living for it. Because usually she's harassing, like, AJ with this stuff. But AJ, I don't know where he was, so Howie got the brunt of it. Also... I just got confused because I thought you were going to say someone else, but you were at a Charlie Wilson show at the forum. And who was your favorite person you saw there? Oh, Snoop Dogg. Yes. And what was the conversation you guys had? He was asking where the wings were at. And I was like, oh, I have the question I always know the answer to. <laughs> <laughs> so. You're like, you've come to the right spot. <laughs> oh, my. So Point you gave Snoop Dogg some wings. I, I mean, I didn't like together. feed them to him, but I did show him where they were at. I, I didn't assume you fed them to him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, knew, I, mean, I, I assume you thought about it. But I mean, if you had done it, I would have known You know, that. I've never thought about feeding wings to somebody because wings are really challenging. And I wouldn't want somebody to feed them to me. I like to be in control of the bone. Well, there's Cassie's quote for the week. I like to be in control that, of the bone. That should go on a t-shirt. That, you would get so, I don't know what your relationship status is, but you would get so many dates with Cheryl. Mm, like I mean, she's in a pretty serious relationship, but I think he would wear the shirt too. Yeah, he, he'd probably be more excited about it than me. He probably would be, honestly. She wears merch for her boyfriend. <laughs> I can't condone this. It's cheesy as fuck. He um, makes merch for him. He's not famous. He makes merch for he's himself. Not famous. Like he's not even like an artist with merch. That's, it's like that's incredible, merch. actually. So he, he likes making yeah. fun of um influencer culture and part of it was making yeah. his own merchandise. Yeah. Like I, I like yeah. it. Like I don't really do anything but like buy my shirt with my name on it. I enjoy yes. that she wears her boyfriend's merch. Like, I really love that. That's such commitment. It's a lot. Better. She's she's pretty committed. Yeah, better than like tattoo of his name. True. 
Unless the other, you have that, in which case I'm really sorry. She, she has no tattoos. But the other night, three members of Why Don't We and Evan, another artist that we work with, went and got banana tattoos. Why? Why not? <laughs> I mean, I think it was just like, we've been through a lot together over the past three years. Like, we've toured together. We've, like, worked on this project. Like, I mean, we're just really close. And it was like, we should get matching tattoos. And I was like, what should we get? And Daniel's just like, a banana. And I'm like, yeah. So I'm like, Jonah, we're getting a banana. And he's like, yeah, we're getting a banana. Yeah. It's right here. It's hard to twist the angle you're at, but it's right there. The banana. Is that your favorite fruit? No. Daniel just said banana, so I thought that was a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) So you're easily influenced. And I was like, I was trying to like give it, I'm very easily influenced into poor decisions. That is a very good analyzation of me. I bet you have a lot of fun though. Yeah. I'm also very good at making other people make poor decisions. So in this case, I think it was more me having them get the banana tattoo than the opposite. Their moms are not sending you Christmas. Oh no, I I called one of their moms during it and they thought it was so funny. (laughs) (laughs) Great. That's so great. Um, Okay, so a more serious subject. So we had dinner a few weeks ago and I kind of was like, tell me your story. Also, I was eating lobster pizza, which was amazing. Um, guys, just so you know, where were we eating? Uh, 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 Cabana. Cabana. Cabana still exists. Oh, wow. People don't realize this. It used to be like the place. Bridal parties. Nobody. Yeah. Bridal parties. There were like five bachelorette parties on a Tuesday. Um, but they were so good. But, um, we were talking about kind of your story and you started sharing with me and I just want you to kind of share this. And then you shared a lot about issues that you went through with mental health in the music industry. And I feel like I don't talk about that enough. And I feel like it's taken me a long time to talk about it at all. I feel like it took me a long time to realize it existed in me at all. Absolutely. Um, I think I led a life of confusion for a long time, not understanding why I felt the way I felt. And, you know, I'm almost 40. I come from a generation. I read a quote on Instagram yesterday and it was like, I don't know, kids born in the eighties whisper to somebody, you know, I have a therapist, kids, you know, millennials, yo, my therapist told me and it's true. (laughs) And I feel like it's like a cultural thing that has changed so much and something that was so like taboo almost Mm -hmm. back in the day. And I mean, I even think that still, I have family members that think it's like, you're what, you know, like it's kind of weird. Um, but it's, you know, it took me a long time to kind of take that leap, but it has helped me so much. And I actually go to a therapist. There's a company in town called entertainment health services, and they work with entertainment industry people. And it's the most incredible thing because I think a big fear of mine going into therapy was you're not going to get what I do. You're not going to understand like my life on a bus or with famous people or why this is appropriate. And this isn't and like, Finding somebody that literally was like, that's the point of why we do this, you know, um, was incredible and very life-changing for me. But I wanted you to go ahead and kind of share your story. Also, the the beginning of it is, like, so fun. I love when you were in college. and the crazy. So just this is your time. This is your platform. I want you to share it because I liked it. And during our our dinner, I was like, can you come tell the story on my podcast? You're like, yeah. So here we are. So, yeah. So I guess my whole story is kind of strange and interesting. And also, I think... It's really important for me to stress to people, especially when I mean with interns or just people that are in college or whatever, that not everybody's path is go to college, graduate, you get your dream job, mm-hmm. although it seems like 
a lot of people's path is yeah. that some people have a very broken and crooked path and some people have the path that's just always a little harder than other people yeah. so for whatever reason. And I think I've kind of fallen into that my yeah. whole life. Um, but especially when I decided I wanted to work in music. So I listened to country growing up. Rebo is my idol. Still is. Um, Brooks and Dunn, country like that. But then, you know, as I got older and got in college and high school and stuff, I kind of didn't listen to what was going on in country radio. And a friend of mine had hit me up from, from high school when I was in college at University of South Carolina and told me she was going to a country show where I went to school and asked me if I wanted to go. And I didn't even listen to it at that point, but Trace Adkins was playing. And, like, the, I grew up listening to Trace Adkins. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, this guy, Jason Aldean's opening for him. I was like, mm, never heard of her. Um, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> back then, like, he had one single out. Yeah. I mean, he was opening for Trace Adkins. Yeah. You know, this was, like, oh, 12 years ago or yeah. something, like, many, many years ago. But uh, I, I said, you know what, I guess, yeah, I'll go with you. So we go to the concert. And this guy's like, hey, do you want tickets to the front row? Which, uh, you know, it's like, oh. What do you want from me? That's weird. Yeah. I was like, I am a wholesome girl. (laughs) I am like, just, I'm in college. I'm not doing any weird work to pay my way through college. So like, no, I don't want your tickets. Um, But I'm very much like, what's the catch? My friend's like, yes, let's do it. you're an idiot but um he goes listen we're filming this thing for cmt we just need like young girls in the front having a good time if you guys can just go and like clap and dance and laugh and smile you want to hear a really exciting story for me yes can i give you an anecdote so at april show two weeks ago i was chosen to be one of those girls in the front for the tv did you do it oh yeah did you crush me and dakota and kristen from our team i was like i'm the pretty girl (laughs) did you crush it oh yeah they were like up in my face because i get real real animated you're like i got this i was like i I love this this is something else so you get in the front row at the aldine show we did you didn't know who he was didn't know who he was um i don't think many people did they were all there for Trace Hackens. And so afterwards, the guy was uh, at the time tour managing for Trace, and he goes, hey, we like all want to go out. None of us know this city. Neither of you live here. And this was in? Columbia, South Carolina. Okay. The great state of South Carolina. South Carolina. So I was like, yeah, um, we're going to this place in Five Points if you guys want to come. Yeah. So we went and just kind of became friends with them. And um, at the time, you know, Jason go out, all those guys could go out because nobody knew who they were. Right. Um, and then just had a good time. And I think they were playing somewhere close the next night. I Mm -hmm. think we went again. And then I just started listening to his music because we kind of became friends with them. So I was like, well, I should kind of know what this is if I'm going to go to these shows. And kind of when they were in South Carolina around, they'd say, Hey, we're coming here. Do you guys want to come? And then they ended up, you know, Jason came bigger and started opening for Oscar Flats, and so there are all these opportunities coming up for him, yeah. and um, his drummer, Rich, I just remember him going, hey, like, what are you in school for? And at the time, I was in the school for sport and entertainment management, mm-hmm. which I don't know anything about sports, y'all. I literally <laughs> was majoring in sport and Why did you do that? Management. Because there was nothing else that seemed interesting. It's strange. Okay. You know, so I was like, I'm definitely not going for, like, finance or something. I'm not going to be a doctor. <laughs> like, I just thought, I was like, oh, entertainment, that sounds fun. Like, yeah. And if I'm, so one little fun fact for all of you out there who might be trying to marry rich or something. <laughs> if you go in a sport and entertainment management program, 
most of the athletes are also in that program. Mm. Some of them might get drafted. More yeah. So it's like kind of also if you don't know what you're doing with your life and you've got to go to yeah. college, it's a good way to like. April, can you sign me up for fall semester? Yeah, I'm just saying, like, it's just a little, just a little pro tip for you there. Um, (laughs) But anyway, so I told him and he was like, oh, like, what do you want to do? I'm like, I don't know, just where I'm from, you graduate from high school and go to college. That's just what you do. And so here we are. Um, And he goes, man, I think you'd be really great in the music industry. And I'm like, sure, that sounds really fun. Like, I don't know how to do that. And I'd never visited Nashville. And he goes, you know, you would love Nashville. You should come visit sometime. And so I was like, oh, I just kind of had this vision of Nashville being like pink cowboy hats. Basically like what fanfare is. What we saw at Cabana. CMA Fest. Yes. (laughs) The bachelorette party. The bachelorette party. You know, the sparkly cowboy boots. All of the things. That's what I thought. And I'm like, I don't really know. He's like, it's nothing what you think it is. So we came for a new year's eve show and they were playing with brooks and dunn mm-hmm. at um bridge arena but at the time it was called something else the geck yeah whatever gaylord like, entertainment center i still call it that and nobody knows what i'm talking about i yeah the I, geck. but wasn't it something else the somay center or something oh like, yeah it was the somay center that's what it was at the oh time. okay yeah and so i just remember going because i love brooks and dunn growing yeah up. so i was like oh this is amazing and we get there and we're like sitting with all their families like had these amazing tickets yeah. it was new year's eve and I remember, like, looking at someone next to me, and they had meet and greet passes to go meet Brooks and Dunn. And I go, hey, like, how did you get those? And they were like, oh, you know, however they got them. And I was like, I would really like to meet Brooks and Dunn. <laughs> you just said that? Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, well, we're going to the meet and greet in, like, a few minutes, but you have to have a pass. And so I just looked at my friend, because back then I was very fearless. And I was like, yeah. we should just go back and meet Brooks and Dunn, because I feel like this is something we should do. I don't even think I told you this at dinner. No, you didn't. And she was like, oh, like, because she went to a lot of concerts, and she, like, knew the rules mm-hmm. and all these things. Mm-hmm. I didn't, which was fine, because then I didn't think there were rules. And so, so you like, did. You did yeah. it. I was like, I'm just going to follow these people. <laughs> and so I, they, like, they start getting up. I was like, you going to meet great? It's like, yeah. I'm like, cool, me too. And I just follow this group of people backstage and there's like a security person there and they're like oh you and I'm like yeah we're here for the main great like we're here like you I was just very confident about it because like one of the guys was like hey if you like act like you know where you're going like you're probably good and I was like I can do this that's true and you know what's funny so my mom comes to a lot of shows with me I like to take her to shows right and she sticks out like a sore thumb she's not crew or anything you know mm-hmm. she's usually like wearing a tie-dye shirt and has purple hair and oh, she's wow. a grandma and she's always like, I just act like I know where I'm going. And if you act like you know where you're places. going, nobody bothers you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like she will repeat that to anybody all day long. Yeah. If you, like, act weird, yeah. I'd be like, eh, that looks cool. And sometimes, like, you get stuck without a pass. Like, you got, like, that the other day. Like, you would do something. You got stuck with a pass. If you look like, really, though, like, if you look like you know what you're doing, people are like, whatever. Yeah. So. Like, what? You want You want to talk? You want to, you want to ask me what I'm doing? I know. I'm working. Like, they want to go talk to the person <laughs> done about it because, like, they will tell you I'm supposed to be back. Exactly. So you, you know, go ask asking. old Dunny. Yeah. <laughs> so we did that. Like we walked back and we met person done. That's amazing. And afterwards, like of course it's on Broadway and we're like, oh, this is so exciting, but we're also not twenty one. They're like, no, we're good. Like you can get in these places with us. So we went to the stage and then we went to Tin Roof. And- so you just had like a whole night of pretending to be somebody 
Yeah. You really weren't. Basically. You want to hear it? Me and Cassie did at a video shoot one time. Yes, I We did. talked about this this morning. Um, so Nick Carter, Cassie, do you want to tell the story? <laughs> um, it's kind of embarrassing, but sure. <laughs> um, Isn't the point? That means this, good. Exactly. This was before we were working with the Backstreet Boys and Nick Carter was shooting a music video in Nashville. And we really wanted, they were letting like, you know, fans be a part of the music video. And we really, you know, wanted to be a part of it. And and they had like a one scene where like, you know, like everyone who showed up was basically, and it was like sort of a bigger party scene, but then they dwindled it down to a more exclusive scene, which is essentially like- By the way, this was filmed at Play. Oh yes, Play. It's filmed at Play. Play in Nashville. Okay. um, Which is a dance club. Um, and across the street is a liquor store and we had to wait on the sidewalk for like five hours. And so I just kept walking over to the liquor store and drinking liquor and using their bathroom and like coming back and standing in line. So I was trashed by the time we got into the video. Yeah. So we we did the video shoot and then there was like a part where they're like basically keeping like 20 people. And somehow we like kind of managed to like not get kicked out. Because this is what we knew. We knew that we weren't the hot girls to go on the front row because they kept cutting people down to get the hottest people in the room. So we're just like, look like you belong, stand at the back, blend in, squat a little, don't let anybody see your face. And we just kept doing it. Because we're just like, get behind the hot people. And all three of us got to the video. And we were like, damn, that was good work. You know? Yeah, yeah, we were proud of that. Yeah, we were proud of that. That is amazing. And so can you see yourself in the video? No. But it was an amazing experience. There is a part where I like wrote Nick's name in paint. <laughs> By the way, the scene was all black light and they covered us in paint. So it's just like there were topless men and I was like rubbing on them. <laughs> like it sounds like it and there's just like paint and we're there and like I don't know and like it ruins like my favorite shirt I don't even care but like I wrote in the paint Nick's name and there is a still in the video of them it's like Nick and a heart and they zoomed in on it so that was my moment yeah I mean you definitely can't like see us full but like we like we're there we're right behind them and like we're like we're there with like the 20 hot people because we were smart enough to figure out our way in there it was funny So you figured out your way around national bars. Yeah. Underage. Yeah. Also, I don't drink. Don't condone that. She doesn't drink. She she literally doesn't drink. I don't drink. It was just like for the hang. It was fun. It was like, it was so cool because back then it was like everybody would go to the stage and stuff. Like I met like Blake Shaw and they're like, oh, people. It was just crazy. Um, So yeah, after like two days, I was like, I have to live here. I love it here. I have to be here. This is the best. So I came back to college and... Basically, the program I was in, you have to take a whole semester to go intern. Okay. And they try to get you to kind of get outside of Columbia and do something yeah. else where you can't take any classes. Yeah. So, I went to my um, guidance counselor and said, hey, like, I'd really like to go to Nashville. Could I do something in music with this count? She goes, yeah. well, yeah, I don't see why not. I was like, yeah. but I don't know, like, how to do yeah. this or get an internship. And it just so happened that her husband had gone to college in Nashville and she goes, I'm sure he probably knows somebody. And sure enough, he did. And she so goes, cool. I don't really know what this is, but like, here's this guy's email address. So I was like, cool. <laughs> so I emailed him and I was like, hey, I'm going to be in Nashville at this period of time. Can I come meet with you about this internship that you have? And he said, yeah, sure. So I went, did not know what publishing was, did not know 
anything, but I was so early on in the process. Yeah. He was like, well, like you're like seven months ahead of anybody looking for an internship. So I guess if you want it, you can have it. And I was like, <laughs> awesome. So I literally like moved to Nashville. And this was where? This was at a company called at the time Songgarden Publishing. It mm-hmm. doesn't exist anymore. But um, at the time that I started my internship, they had signed Fred Eldridge. It okay. was when he was in school at MTSU, didn't have a record deal or anything. Yeah. Um, so that was really cool. And uh, then I ended up transferring to MTSU. Okay. I just loved it we so all much. went to, well, you didn't, but me and Cassie went to MTSU. Yeah. It was it was great. Like, I, uh, after I just kind of established relationships and realized that I loved it here and I loved music publishing, yeah. and that's what I wanted to do. My boss said, You can't go back to South Carolina. We got to yeah. get you transferred to schools here, get your parents here. I can convince them. <laughs> so I did. So it was really great because I got to um, grow with Brett um, mm-hmm. and we're both at MTSU at the same time That's and cool. then, uh, would intern and help him with stuff. And then when he did get the record deal, they kind of opened a management company to go along with that. Cool. So helped with day-to-day stuff for him. Yeah. So it was really neat to kind of see someone really just very green from the get-go. And That's the funnest go. part. That's what I love. Yeah. I love developing artists. Yeah. You feel like it's happening to you too. Yeah. It's like, yes. I get so yeah. excited. I just remember when his first music video came to the office from the label um, they were like, hey, can you, like, take this to his house and, like, give it to him? And I just remember being there and putting it in with him and just crying. Yeah. It was so cool. Yeah, it's like, so cool. And it's, this. like, you kind of – it's, like, when parents love when, like, their kids win a soccer game totally. or something. Yeah, you just – you're so invested yeah. and you're so excited for them. Yeah. You're actually seeing a dream come true. Yes. Because it doesn't happen for everybody. That's and so true. it just feels like – magic when it all lines up and, and good things happen so yeah it was exciting yeah yeah that's cool so you did that and then what happened so I was kind of promised a job mm-hmm. and I did not intern anywhere else I did not uh, apply anywhere I thought I was good to go I was about to graduate from college I interned there for like two years right And, uh, the week of my graduation, my friend came to my house who, uh, was a nanny for the people that own the company Mm -hmm. and said, Hey, I have to tell you something. Um, the job that is supposed to be yours, like I'm taking it. And yeah, it was, uh, it was tough. You know, they didn't want to lose their nanny right. and her parents said, you need to have a real job. Yeah. And so, I mean, I don't blame her, you know, you got to take an opportunity where you get it. And yeah. she was in a tough position and she wanted to work in music too. Yeah. And, um, so I was totally blindsided and yeah. was unprepared and didn't know what I was going to do because I thought I had it in the bag. Yeah. Like, this is amazing. like you had plan a, right. I'm, I'm going to graduate. I'm going to have a job. Like all these things that I went to school for all of this interning, it's Mm-hmm. it's all gonna line up yeah so when that didn't work out it was just like a mad dash for hitting up everybody that I knew mm-hmm. to find something and being in a city where a bunch of people are graduating from several colleges with the same degree I mean it's just hard it's, it's hard really hard it's uh I don't remember what it was but I heard the statistic that was said at some graduation graduation recently at MTSU was like I don't know three percent of you will get a job in the music industry wow. I mean it was really really it was under 10 it was very low yeah and it was and then it like made me feel 
good that, wow, me and Cassie, who was like my best friend in college, like we both did that. You know, and it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. It's really interesting. And I just remember starting tissue and then being like, Hey, most of you won't have a job. So like, if you're cool with that fact, like you can keep on with this program. But to me, it's like, I feel like the reason most of the people that graduate from a music business program don't end up in the music business isn't because the music business shuts them out. It's because they give up. Yeah, people give up, and I think, like, especially me, I really, I was so defeated, but mm-hmm. I, I I was hurt, I was upset, I was lost, but I would work so many random jobs, whatever mm-hmm. it was, just to, like, pay for things, yeah. and just to be able to survive while I still loved, mm-hmm. and it would be one of those things where it's like, I would interview for something, and they would be like, oh, hey, it would have been you, but my grandma's cousin's sister nanny decided, yeah decided she had <laughs> nanny decided that uh she wanted to work in the music industry or like uh, so we're going to go with that or i mean even uh, things from like being a front desk person and yeah I like, surely i can get a job being a front desk person and they're like oh hey you know like we just think you're too ambitious like you wouldn't want to stay in this position uh, that long you know it's stuff like that where people just like would not even give you, give you a, a chance shot. yeah so I got really, I was really down and out. I was really Mm -hmm. depressed and I ended up finally taking a job. It was in Christian music, which was not what I wanted to do. It was in sales. I was basically like selling choir music. Yes. And like, don't even know anything about that. Yeah. I did really well in that job, but I was (laughs) miserable. I just was like, this is not why I'm here. Yeah. And then you see things happen for everyone around you and you're wondering why it's not you. Because, I mean, that's like a paperwork job. Yeah. You're not necessarily working with artists like you wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like in a cube every day trying to sell Easter programs to churches, which, you know, I'm sure doing that but it wasn't for me yeah I mean it's a desk job that's what it is you know it's a job and I just like had to take something yeah you know and I remember like how this whole thing kind of fell apart for me and it's this is kind of funny it's not funny but it kind of is how this all went down when I'm looking at it now so a girlfriend of mine was opening for Rick Springfield at the wall okay and I was backstage with her and she's like do you want to meet Rick I'm like yeah of course so (laughs) We go to walk in there, and all of a sudden, I just got really hot. I started sweating. I felt nauseous. I just felt so awful. Like, And I just looked at her, and I was like, I can't breathe. And and I said, I think I'm going to get sick. And she was like, oh, like, do I need to get a trash can? I was like, really, I can't breathe. Yeah. And I poor Rick Springfield standing there thinking, I'm just like, I'm starstruck, you know? Like, he's like, this poor girl, like, it's okay. Like, I'm a normal person. Oh my God. I'm a really nice guy. And I'm like, it's like he's not even in the room. Right. I literally never felt that way in my life. Next thing I know, I'm on the ground mm-hmm. backstage at the Wild Horse, like, hyperventilating, like, cannot breathe. They thought someone had put something in my drink, even oh, a drink, my like gosh. I had Coke or whatever, but they um, thought someone had roofie. Yeah. And so there was like a, someone there that was a nurse or something. I don't even remember, but that came and they were like, her heart rate is through the roof. You need to call 911. Literally got taken out of the wild horse in a stretcher to <sighs> the emergency room. And 
thinking I'm dying. Yeah. It was so weird because, like, on the way there, like, everything I was feeling just kind of, like, calmed out. Yeah. And I was like, this is so weird. What's going on? Yeah. I get there, and he's like, yeah, you had an anxiety attack. Yeah. And I was like, huh? Like yeah, I was, was going like, to say that's what that sounded like when you described this. A hundred percent. Yeah. But, like, back then, nobody really ever talked about that. Totally. Yeah, I would and like no, that's ten years ago. That's for sure. I wouldn't have known. No, hundred percent. Like when I had my then, first anxiety I know attack, now. I thought I was dying. And then when I have them now, I still I think I'm you dying. Still that. Yeah. I had I think one of the worst ones I had. This had nothing to do with the music industry, but I got really sick one day. I basically had like an infected cut that spread to my blood. And Cassie took me to the emergency room. And I had one in the middle of the emergency room and laid on the floor and tried to take off my clothes. And she's like, doctor, doctor. (laughs) But I just like, I could not, I just felt like everything was on me and get it off. And like, I literally was like, I'm dying. I'm dying. I have a disease and I'm dying and I'm going to die in the hospital. Like that was where my brain was from it. It's terrible. So like, I literally could not, I I could not believe that's what it was. I was like, are you sure there's nothing wrong with me? Yeah. Because that's never happened before. So they release me and then, you know, I go back to work and I just like started having them all the time. Do you feel, I mean, this is what I'm taking from this story, but it might not be true. Yeah. So I'm taking from the story that you had this because you were back in the realm of something you wanted and you didn't have it, like being at the wild horse and like being at a show or. I don't know. Like with mine, they're pretty unpredictable. Okay. I can still get them from time to time. Yeah. And sometimes it's not even in moments of stress or anxiety. Yeah. You know, it's just, it hits me out of the blue sometimes, mm-hmm. and I don't know why. Yeah. Um, but I think back then, there were a lot of, like, suppressed things going on mm-hmm. in my life, and also just, like, feeling like a failure, feeling like a disappointment, mm-hmm. not being able to have the career that I thought that I was going to have, not knowing what the future was going to hold. You know, now I'm out of college, so I need to have a real job. Yeah. I hate, hated the job that I had. Um, I think just all of that, as well as, like, personal things it just all kind of compiled but I didn't know how to deal with it yeah I wasn't like acknowledging how horrible I actually felt about it and then it came out in that way in that way yeah and it would just be like I'd be at my desk and I'd get up and go to the bathroom and I was just like I'm gonna pass out like and I I would leave work and finally I was just like I can't even go in yeah and um gosh the poor people I worked with they were the nicest people in the world like they didn't know what's wrong with me but um they were really kind and supportive but I just stay home and I remember I was home for like a week and I thought that I was just really really sick yeah I didn't eat or shower for a week and I mean I was like surviving off like I think like nutrition shakes and Gatorade or something yeah I mean I was just my skin was all broken out I mean I just could not get myself out of bed I was just crying like everything hurt like everything hurt I couldn't even sleep it was terrible and um at the time I had a roommate who worked for Southwest and he was like I don't know like what's going on. I don't know what to do. So he called my mom and was like, Hey, I'm overnighting you this like buddy pass or whatever yeah. for you to fly here. Like you gotta come and like yeah. take care of her because I don't know what's going on and nobody knows what to do. And like my parents were having a hard time getting in touch with me, so everyone was like really concerned because I talked to my parents every day. Mm-hmm. And um, my mom, I just remember the look on her face whenever she came and walked in my room and saw mm-hmm. me and she was like we got to go to the hospital and we went and I really thought I was sick. Like I just thought, you thought, yeah, I really thought I was sick and my mom did too. And then we were in the emergency room for like freaking 12 hours. I mean, it was crazy mm-hmm. and I was so weak and 
I was like, I might have passed out. I hadn't eaten. I've never gone like that long without eating. Yeah. And so um, I just remember when they admitted me, they're like, yeah, we're admitting her into the psych hospital. And my mom was like, what? And I just really didn't have a reaction because I just was so weak. Yeah. I just didn't even, like, I didn't even have the energy to question it. And they're like, yeah, like, she's depressed. She's severely depressed and anxious. Mm. Like, she needs to be in the hospital. Like, we got to get her meds. Like, that. Yeah. we got to figure this out. And so here I was thinking I was going to the emergency room. They were telling me I'm sick. They're going to give you a pill or an IV, or IV and you're going to go like, and be whatever fine. Whatever was wrong was going to go away yeah. in a week or whatever. And um, so then my mom had to leave me there. And that's the end of part one. Thank you so much, Courtney, for sharing your story with us. This is not the end of the story. Um, We will have the next episode up next Friday. So tune back in for part two, How I Got Backstage.